0: Welcome, my pod people, to Psychotherapy, episode 51. I am your host, Jet Dunlap. In case you didn't know, but I bet you did. Today's episode is about doing a thing and then a thing coming out of the thing. More specific, it is about actually kind of a cool topic that I'm living through right now in my evolution that has been taking place. In real time, since episode one of this podcast, what it is, don't you hate that statement? What it is, is, what it is, isn't, no, what it is, is, I have been talking to my wife and a number of other people who I meet. Uh, I've been exposed to a lot of people. (laughs) I didn't expose myself to a lot of people. I've been exposed to a lot of people. Let's specify that, regardless of what you've heard. They're liars. So I've been meeting a lot of new people, and one of the things that I've been trying to talk to them about when they, when the conversation naturally goes in this direction, but uh, in specific with my wife, is banking small accomplishments that are tangible in order to trick your mind into seeing how possible it is for you to tackle the larger ones. So buying your first house, big thing. Considering if you are, when is the right time to start a family? What college to go to? Changing ages there. When should I retire? Now Jet has run the gamut of timelines for you there. So it's relatable to everyone, except for people it's not. So what I'm trying to do is get your brain to understand that these little accomplishments makes it possible for the bigger ones to happen because your brain doesn't really see the difference okay so when i jumped out of an airplane and yeah i was i was wearing a parachute i was actually wearing a man behind me um i didn't come in with the man the man was strapped to me later and oh it made me feel so anyway so that's how it's done your tandem jump i jumped out of that plane but before i did that i had to check off accomplishments right And one of the ones without going into my life, because that's not gonna be applicable, it might be, but I wanna be general. So one of the things I suggest in this episode, and I don't wanna ruin all of it, but is doing something as simple as like your step count, right, so on your Fitbit or your Apple Watch or whatever the case is, or drinking more water. But the most important part about this, and I talk about it a little bit in this episode, but anyone who knows me would know I am like this, is I am obsessed with tracking. And the reason for that is, If I have a mind on it, it will improve. If I do not, it does not. And for whatever reason, I am aware of the way I am wired. Now I am weird, I am strange, I'm a little bit crazy. But as our friend Seal once said, we're never gonna survive unless we get a little crazy. Perfect Seal impression. Or or or. That's the other Seal. But the point is, is that knowing myself, and that doesn't mean you need to know yourself completely. But knowing, or maybe even taking the time to look at yourself and figure this out, but knowing what you tend to do and then hedging against that will help. So I suggest tracking things you're already doing, right? Whatever positive thing in your life right now, say, go a couple weeks back and say, okay, I've been doing this for, I don't know, reading a book, track it. I even suggest using certain apps. And I just tell you to search them because I don't know what device you have, but Having these things have pie charts or little graphs that show your progress is helpful. You know, that's why in AA, people know exactly how many days they've been sober. When I did this podcast, it was 750, okay? And knowing how many days it was till Christmas when you were a kid, built anticipation. Well, you're doing that in the reverse, but even having a date to go to works. These things may be things you don't want to do. I get this from my wife. I get this from a lot of people. I don't want to do this. Okay. Maybe you're some special person who doesn't need to and you've got all the answers. But for most of us, you need to do these things to be able to do something you haven't done before. It's changing your neurochemistry. It's moving in a direction. So do those little things that bring you to the big things. That is, for the most part, what this episode is about. And a little bit of zany nuttiness because, well, it's me. Speaking of me, this is psychotherapy. I am still Jet Dunlap, and this episode starts right now. This is a bit of a gear switcheroo on me here, because I have been, well, I guess I haven't been taking really a break from this. I've been doing it about as much as I used to, but you know that number 50... The last episode was a bit of a challenge for me because a little bit of that uh, analysis paralysis set in. I got a little obsessed, and it's so interesting that even with the awareness that I have of these kind of tendencies, that I still fall victim to them. But that's how it works. You have to be aware of it, and then you have to try and change it. Then. Me more so than just about anyone. You have to fail at it a bunch of times. And then eventually it gets a little easier. And then I think the transition from it being a thing that you are cognitively aware of, cognitively, cognitively, come over here, cognitively. That's a uh, cockatiel. That would be a bird jet, not a dog. That is a multipoo cockatilly. Um, But cognitively is the word I might've been looking for. Nah, I was looking for that dog word. (laughs) Um, Cognitively, the change over from when it's an active thing that you're trying to do on a regular basis to it becoming automatic is varied, obviously, isn't everything. But oftentimes it happens without you even noticing. So the hard part, like anything, is the beginning. And I think that even that is a little tough because, and I don't mean it's a little tough to have a hard part, that's redundant. What I mean is if I was to use a specific example, I've been doing a lot of writing. And this is not the kind of writing I did before, which is kind of recreational and kind of whenever I want to. That was kind of comedic writing and essays. I did a lot of essays last year and actually this year. Um, And actually this year's a lie. I didn't do any this year. Jet, you just realized that last year was a long time ago and you're thinking, oh, why haven't I done any essays this year? Well, I've done a lot of comedic writing. The point is I do a lot of writing. That's not a lie. That writing though wasn't scheduled. I did it every day and I'd write in my kind of I've told you before this kind of check off journal that I made for myself to check off certain things that I want to not nope, palable check off from Star Trek but I'd um I check off certain things I want to do that day because that's just a habit I have but the writing I've been doing lately is very much scheduled and has an amount of time <laughs> why am I being so vague I write for no less than an hour a day, no less than 10 pages a day. And uh, it's been a little more than that, but that's the average. And the reason for that is that I'm at a place in my life right now where it is so important for me to have the results, not the effort. So everyone in this town, it seems, is writing a screenplay, writing a book, working on a project. But the amount of people that actually have that finished, while still a lot, is just astronomically different than the, uh, the first group. And so I have been determined to take all these things that I have spent, I mean, do I want to say 20 years, 10 years? I mean, it's all arbitrary years because we all think about a lot of things and we don't do them. How much effort do we actually, I mean, I've wanted to learn Spanish forever. The only time I didn't want to learn Spanish was when I was in school in Spanish class. Then I definitely didn't want to learn Spanish because I refused to learn anything in school. And then I started learning once I left school. So it was like I rebelled against learning. And then all I've done since I left school is learn. <laughs> that is the, the great conundrum of the jet, one of many. But that is to say that there's a lot of things that we want to do. What I'm looking at right now is what are the things I want to do for the rest of my life? That sounds intense. But what I mean by that is what are the things I would do even if I didn't get paid, even if I, you know, even if there was no kind of tangible reward to it, what do I get out of that? And I think some of you would remember in the other episodes, I kind of talked about the fact that as a person who is severely dyslexic, who failed second grade who couldn't read his way out of a paper bag if, in this case, I was in a giant paper bag and there was a riddle to get out, some kind of a jigsaw uh kind of situation, and I was going to die if I had to read. I think that's definitely a tangent that we can go ahead and leave. Read yourself out of a paper bag, not anything anyone says. I was very bad at reading. I read at about a second grade level when I was in college. I had tests to quantify this. The only reason I say that is because this is not just me guessing or trying to come up with excuses. I have documented proof of how stupid I am. Do you have a paper that says you're donkey-brained? Because I do. It's a little Easter egg for those of you who uh, follow comedic television. Anyway, so this revelation of the fact that I have to be a writer was pretty hilarious. If anyone had ever read anything, I mean, if you have been so lucky as to get a text or message from me, you're like, what is this gobbledygook? I can't read this. Gobbley goo. That's also a delicious Italian dish that they used to have on The Sopranos. Um, I'm very poor at it, but what I've done since I was 13 years old is write in a journal every night. And if you look at the note pages in my phone, I'm constantly writing ideas, jokes. There's not a day that goes by, and this is not an exaggeration, where I don't write at least 20, 30, 40 minutes. (laughs) I could have just said 20 to 40 minutes, but that would have been far too easy. But I write every day. And what's so interesting about that is I find that the things that we naturally do or the things we do that are the easiest, and this kind of dovetails into what I said last week with people who are gifted, those things that we are good at and we do automatically, we don't think of as qualities. And maybe this is just me, okay? I've met a couple of people in my life. I've helped a couple of people. I don't need to brag. I've met a couple of people, but um, I know a lot. But why am I still talking about how many people I know? Okay? Chet, Wow. I can only speak for myself. I could do some impressions, I was tempted there, but I'm not going to. When speaking for myself as I am now, I had a tendency not to look at the things that I was able to do because I try and attack the things I'm weakest at. And that probably is contrary to most people, but I know many of the people who are listening to this are A-type personalities. Uh, But even if you're not, I think you'll find some wisdom in this. So I wouldn't look at the things I was doing. So for instance, if you're a mom and you're, you know, doing the things you do every (laughs) single... momming around I don't know or dadding around whatever you do uh, (laughs) you are probably not aware of how good you are at that and you may not even put a value to that right they do now because there's people who blog about that and do it online but uh, online on Instagram and stuff like that and they get paid there's not a lot of them but it's a thing so people may think of it now but they didn't 20 years ago because it's something they had to do your job that you do every day it's probably not something you're passionate about so when you think about if someone said what are your hobbies or what are you good at you're probably not going to bring up your job. That is the point of this story. So the reason I never looked at the fact that I was a writer, even though the actual evidence of me writing every single day, Dray. <laughs> man, oh, Manischewitz, take two. Even though I was writing every single day, I didn't see myself as a writer. Even though every single day I was telling stories to people, if you've met me, if you've heard me, if you've seen me, even pictures of me, you can tell I'm a storyteller. Maybe that's true, maybe it's not, but the point is is that I tell stories and I write every day, but I never thought of myself as a writer of stories. Why? Because sometime, as a kid, sometime, eh, about a thousand times, people are like, "You are a dodo bird, you are a dum-dum brain." And uh, in second grade, I think, I, "Oh, sixth grade, I think I got all F's." So and spelling was my worst subject. However, this is the thing I'm supposed to do. How do I know that? Because it's what I'm best at and create worlds and I can create words with worlds, and I can create words with worlds. That's the same thing. <laughs> Great example, Jet. My point is, is that a lot of those things that we want to do, we have this kind of phobia that has prevented it from happening. But lately, I've been attacking those things and saying, okay, well, here's this list of stuff I've always wanted to do. I've talked about it before, but um, conquering my fears was one of the things. I, I tangibly said, here is what I am most afraid of, and I do believe this idea of overcoming your fears as a part of the purpose of this life and so I did that and I'm not going to go down the laundry list but like jumping out of airplanes uh, doing stand-up comedy getting married um, selling everything I had and moving into a tiny home all these things that I talked about wanting to do but there was a reason that I didn't and that was just because it was this gray area or even black area in my brain that I couldn't consider I couldn't visualize it so it was a want but not an executed want. It's the same thing with screenplay uh, writing. All these things were things that I desired. And it's such it's such a funny little human trait that those things we want most oftentimes are the things we avoid equally, <laughs> or most, as I was trying to avoid saying, because i had already said most, now I've said it three times. Recently, I started doing stand-up comedy. Now, on a pretty regular basis, I am doing stand-up comedy. You heard the one about how I bombed. So. I do stand-up comedy i'm not a guy who wants to do stand-up comedy i'm finishing my screenplays but that sucks i want to have finished screenplays that's the next mission all these things i don't want to get in good shape i want to be in good shape getting in better shape that's been accomplished that took three years i don't want to eat better i am eating better you see what i'm saying it's those oh one day oh i wish And I'm not going to name names today as a special surprise, because usually I do slip and name names. But you have those friends who you hear the same old story. You know, I want to do this. I wish I could. I wish I had. And most of those things are so simple. Some of those things are a 30 second act. Some of those things like my stand up is five minutes. Five minutes separated me from a thing that I always wanted to do. Five minutes later, it was a thing I had done. Look at how quick that was to check off the list, but some people go their entire lives without doing it. Bucket lists. I don't know anyone who really has a bucket list. It seems cheesy to me, but again, I I lose a lot of things in my life because I'm cynical, so maybe it's a great thing. I guess if you do stuff on it, it's good. Seeing certain countries, you know, um, accomplishing certain milestones. Those are important. I think too, because once you do one, the dominoes start to fall. Then once you do three, you're like, well, what can stop me? And that's what's going on right now. I paid for that thing called Masterclass, uh, which is a uh, its a website, but it's got like people like Steve Martin, Steven Spielberg, um, Aaron Sorkin. It's got all the best people in their category. A lot of it's filmmaking, a lot of it's the entertainment industry, but it's chefs and stuff like that too. And it costs like $200, but they talk about their process. And I started doing that because I always wanted this thing and finally said, I'm going to cancel some things that I'm not doing or some things that are extraneous and I'm going to put it into this education series. And I'm happy I did that. And Gina and I are both enjoying that. But that is just a small example of how now that I have started to tick these things off the boxes, it becomes such a, I don't want to call it a habit because I'm not sure it is. I think it's that There's a certain kind of chemical spike that occurs from doing these things you've always been afraid of, and as long as you stay in that world and continue on that path, it doesn't only become easier. That's why at the beginning I was kind of saying that it was hard work or blah, blah, blah. I think that's what people, like that whole thing you've heard before on Instagram or whatever, it's just a saying that's so, so stupid. Do something every day that scares you? How in the hell... Are you supposed to do something, walk in front of a bus every day? What are you supposed to do? I I mean, play Russian roulette before you brush your teeth? This is insane. And you'll still see that quote on Instagram every day. And I'm like, this is nuts. But anyway, you can't do something that scares you every day, that's ridiculous. Don't swim with piranhas before you have brunch. There's another one that takes place before a meal. But doing things that you want to do that you've always avoided, that's a thing you should do because it leads to another and it leads to another. You can't see the peak beyond the peak you're trying to climb. So you climb that first peak and then you go, oh my gosh, there's another mountain behind this. Then you get to another mountain and you see this, there's five other mountains you need to climb. And that's what it's been like for me. But the interesting part about it is, I mean, isn't it funny that I wouldn't realize this before I even do it? But it's true that I didn't. What I should have realized is that the things where this has happened in my life before, like weight loss, does apply to everything, but even as self-reflective as I am, I, I didn't think of it that way, <laughs> which is so funny. The human brain is so interesting in the way that one thing that is identical in one part of your life does not equal over to another thing in your life consciously. So what I was going to say is when I first started losing weight, it was an uphill battle that made me want to die and uh, I had to stop drinking, then I stopped you know, eating meat. All this stuff was just absolute torture, sucked, I hated it, then it was okay, then it was fine, then it was <laughs> okay and fine, the same thing, and then it was good, and now it's great. It's incredible because I feel better, I look better, I enjoy it so much that I keep increasing it. Now, is this all checks and balances? Absolutely. Sometimes I eat too much pizza, sometimes I eat too much this, but no one ever got fat from eating one meal And no one ever got derailed by doing one little thing out of whack. Do you know what I'm saying by that? So don't let a day, let's say you do create a habit like this. And in my example, it's screenwriting every day. Let's say I miss a day. What we have a tendency to do is go, oh, I missed a day. What a sucky suckhead I am. I am so mad at me. I'm a worthless person. And because of that, We throw the baby out with the bathwater and I've actually done that and I was never allowed to babysit again because it's terrible. Don't throw babies out with bathwater. Why are we throwing out bathwater? I'm not sure that's how I give babies baths, but don't do it because having those little setbacks are a part of the process and you just have to say, "Eh, okay, fine. That's what today is tomorrow. I keep going because your intention there is good. If you're upset at yourself for not doing a thing that you promised to do, that's good. But then just forgive yourself and continue to do it. Sometimes that not doing it the day before makes you see how much you actually want to do that thing. And that's great. You know, when I used to train people who are weightlifting to a kind of higher degree, so one guy from Muscle Beach, so he was actual competitor, but then other people are just trying to take it to the next level. So I'm not talking about new people, but people who are actually weight training. I would say when you first get into it again like right after a vacation leave some of the workout in the room meaning when you're pumped when you're ready to go another half hour take off why because then you still feel like you owe the room more and so you're more eager to come back the next day because you don't want to go home so sore on your first day that you skip the next day because then the next day will be the next day will be the next day so get used to the idea that there will be speed bumps why have i been preaching so much on this idea well i'm an expert in it right now because it is something that i do every single day and it's something that i'm conscious of every single day do i have to tell you that when i'm doing this stuff my house is cleaner our bed is made today we went out and got our passports done i've never done that in my entire life and uh it was a little weird (laughs) But we did it in Newhall, since you asked, and it wasn't that bad. It was actually a lovely library we went to. And here's a thing I haven't done in however many years I am old. I'm not going to tell you for the next 50 episodes. Do you think I will make it? You should, guys. You should, guys. You should, guys, take bets on this. Will Jet be able to go? Will Jet be able to go 50 episodes without mentioning his age? Probably not eight ball says my sources say no last year here's a really funny one last year my wife got me you've met her gina you've met her verbally she got me an outdoor heater for water (laughs) what would they call that a heater for water a water heater and uh it's propane and it's funny because she was so excited about getting it for me and you know i'm a jerk and a horrible person and the worst and you shouldn't listen to me just kidding but you should listen to me, but I am a horrible person. She got me this thing, and it's a weird thing to open on Christmas Day because she was so excited. I opened it up, and it's this white thing with two knobs. It's uh, about two feet by one and a half feet, and it's got a knob that has a red, like volume up, volume down, and a blue, volume up, volume down. Not very exciting. She also got me a propane tank. I am a jerk to get gifts for. You remember back when Gina had that birthday for my big birthday who knows what year didn't mention it good for you jet kudos i get a kudos so she got me this thing and i i was like what is this i don't want this i don't know what i wanted i'm such a baby that i think i was very uh ungrateful ingrateful infamous infamous that's an el guapo reference to the three amigos um i was not grateful and quickly, like I say, I made up for that and was like, okay, I'm a dummy, I'm sorry. I didn't know what this is. However, I have, and this is the point, showered outside as of December whatever it is, I think 26th, I've showered outside every single time I've showered all year long. Boom. Why did I do that? Because I am hard to make habits. (laughs) I am hard to make habits, they are. that was an impression of Mr. Red, not Yoda. I have a hard time creating habits, an easy time creating bad habits. This is not unusual, but I have a pretty extreme degree of that. When I started showering outside, at first it became a lark. <laughs> Man, no one talks like me. It became a romping lark. And I thought, wouldn't it be funny... <laughs> and if i start something like this Gina's is like uh-oh wouldn't it be funny if i showered outside every single day and my friend chris who i talk about often said something like this and he'll probably deny it but this is the truth as i see it he said do you shower out like when it's cold i'm like yes every day what about when it's raining uh yes every day i i'm being very thats <laughs> not this exactly what he sounds like what am i talking about that is a verbatim impression of him but my point is yes every day that i shower i shower outside with two exceptions. Once, when I went to a camping trip, ironically, um, I had to shower in a hotel at uh, my grandmother's hotel room, which uh, sounds sexy, but it's not. And then the other time was when Gina and I climbed Mount Whitney in the snow, the tallest mountain in the continental United States, or got within, uh, I don't know how many yards it was, but we were right there. One of my episodes is about that. I think it's uh, the first one or second one or third one anyway. At least I know my episodes. But we talk about climbing Mount Whitney in the snow, ice picking. We took a shower at a hotel. Why am I talking about where I shower indoors? That should be the name of this episode, Showering Indoors, the Jet Dunlap Saga. Um, so yeah, I uh, I don't want to show off, but we showered. Why do you keep saying we? Gina showered indoors more than that. Don't picture that, you dirty bird. My point is, for the love of God, is that when I start something, I will continue. This is a blessing and a curse. And that is how you make homemade bread. What was the point of all this? Golly gee willikers, Jetman. What's going on? Oh, yeah, something. Oh, right, tangible results. But look at that. I started showering outside, and now it's almost a year, and I didn't even realize it. I dare you to do something stupid like that. I mean, that's pretty dramatic, I know. I'm, I'm a Woodsley creature, and uh, that's definitely a word. Woodsley. Um, <laughs> Jet the Woodsley creature has definitely done that all year, so I'm weird. But let's say it was something silly. Let's say it was check off, uh, you know, two, God, I want to go into the Star Trek impression again. Um, what if it was just to check off a couple of things every day? Try it for two days, three days, four days. I don't know what it is. It's a habit you want to break but you only wanna do it for a short period of time. Or something completely silly, something that you're already doing. That does help, by the way. If you start tracking stuff you're already doing, that flexes that muscle, right? And then going back to the tangible results is that I think that having something in your hand while you're doing something that's kind of ethereal is important to create those neurons to fire in order. Do you understand what i mean by that so if you are doing something like i want to lose weight it's really hard to see the results at first so do something else that shows tangible results simultaneously it could be drawing a picture that you've always wanted to i mean i don't know i'm horrible at these examples it could be reading a book but track that there's apps like this on uh i'm using one right now for my screenplays Um, it's like a book tracker. Just put in a book tracker. You put in the name of the book and then you go what page it's on and how many pages you read per day. And then it updates it and it tells you a percentage. Now they didn't have one of these for screenplays, but I used it kind of, you know, in a reverse engineering way. So I put that each screenplay should be 120 pages. And then I put what page I'm on. And every time I increase in pages, I put that in there. So every day I'm looking at when I wake up in the morning, instead of some stupid Apple news thing about what the president said or some dumb scare tactic that, you know, the news is trying to do just to get clicks. I look at this and I go, okay, I'm 34% done with this project. Then I'll tell my wife and then eventually I'll tell someone else who I'm more accountable to like my brother, I did on these uh, screenplays. I told him, and the reason for that was that it started, the snowball started to move. Right, So there was momentum, but then I also wanted to hold myself accountable. Then, and I'm just using this example because it's a good system, and I, I'll, actually, I'll actually work on this system and write it down and maybe do a whole episode on it, but then the stakes keep rising. I went to a director friend of mine and I said, I'm going to have two feature screenplays done by the 10th of November. No, that's impossible. That's in the past. The 10th of December, I haven't mastered quantum physics and time travel yet but uh, I will. Don't worry about it. Or have I? I haven't, but I will or won't. So the 10th of December, these two screenplays will be done and I'm putting it out there with you too. So that puts added pressure on me. Now, normally that would terrify me, but because I've been doing this so often and I've been getting in this habit and not even getting into it, I've been doing it for a while now, especially within the last six months and definitely since I've been doing this show, I've been getting used to putting milestones out there and accomplishing them. So even hearing me say that should be evidence to you of how this works. You know, I am the experiment, and you're getting to listen to that over the last 50 episodes, is that that would have been terrifying for me to say, even two, three months ago, that I'm gonna have something done by the 10th of next month. And I was just thinking, oh, maybe I should get myself to the 20th. But no, because the Parkinson's principle says that tasks grow in proportion to the time allotted. So in this case, I gave myself a deadline, and then I told this director guy because I'm going to have a meeting with him, and him holding me accountable, or not even him holding me accountable, it's me holding myself accountable to someone important, is a motivator. And so all of this stuff is in order to have more in my hands by the end of this year. And any deadline is great. You know, it doesn't have to be, make up one, man, you know, make up one and then hit it even if it's simple. I, here's one, don't eat bread for a week. Do you know what I mean? And that's, that's silly, but my point is, is that once you do that, your brain will go, oh, okay. And then once you start to get that breaking of homeostasis in what you're normally doing, then it works for other things. Do you see how you're kind of tricking your brain into doing stuff in a small way and then that growing in proportion to eventually being able to do something incredible like learning an instrument or learning another language or losing 50 pounds? or finding the person in your dreams. It's all starting with these tiny little accomplishments, because it is very important to see that you can do it. People used to ask me when I was running regularly, I was running at marathon lengths. People would say, how do you do that? I would tell people I started with a mile. It's, what is it? The journey of a thousand miles? Oh, the journey of a thousand miles starts with the first step. Something like that. Obviously, you've heard that. But. In my life, it actually happened. So I started with a mile, then I started with two. How could I start with two again? So I started with a mile, then two, then three, you know how miles work? And then eventually by the time I got to 10, I didn't even notice. Now I'm doing that again. And when I started, it was like starting all over again. Because once you stop pushing that ball up the hill, oh my God, my analogies are at 5% right now. Not pushing that ball up the hill, snowball, flywheel, whatever. Once you stop the momentum, it's hard to get started again. But if you've done it before, you know you can. So, I mean, how many episodes is about do that thing? This one was a little more specific. Do something that has tangible results and track it. I have three or four apps that every day at a certain time remind me to track. Now I used to just do this in a notebook, but why is this valuable? Because I get to bother my wife by saying, today I am 750 days sober. Today I am, that's actually true. But today, I've written this many pages. Today, I've done this many miles. Today, my VO2 max on my watch is this. All that stuff, if you talk to me every day, would be boring. But if it's just you and it's between you and you, that's great. Because I'm working with myself on the mental front, the tangible business front, treating my work like a business. Did I already say physical? (laughs) Mental, physical, those are both kind of in the same realm, business-wise and uh, something else wise, okay? I am clearly out of those good old-fashioned, delicious, golden words. So I got to stop. I got to get out of here before this uh, dumpster fire spreads to the kitchen because that's where I keep dumpsters, right near the kitchen. So thank you for stopping by my neighborhood and uh, listening to my uh, words. And uh, we will talk to you, we because I got a mouse in my pocket. We will talk to you next time This has been Jet Dunlap, and clearly this has been Psycho Therapy. Thanks a lot. I'll see you soon. If seeing you means I'll see you with my words. Bye.